Amen. Thank you for that. Now back to the book of Acts, if you would, please. And uh, she's another survivor of Thaw. Uh, and uh, I'm thankful for all the adults that uh, go, and they always do a great job. And uh, this year I had to bail out early uh, to come back. I'll confess, I, part of it was I needed to um, uh, do some things to get ready for the trip. Uh, and one of the main things was to mow my grass and get my grass mowed and weed trimmed and overseeded because I was going to be gone. And, and so I woke, I slept in yesterday being sick and uh, and uh, had breakfast, uh, and then laid down on the couch and slept till two in the afternoon. Uh, and, uh, and then I woke up, I'm thinking, well, I've got a couple hours before I take my COVID test, I'm going to mow my grass. Uh, and then I called uh, uh, some, uh, some uh, landscaping friends uh, and paid them to come do it. Uh, and uh, so they came and mowed my grass and, uh, and did all that for me. Uh, and so I'm thankful for some of those contacts and stuff. Cost a little bit of money, but it was well worth it. Uh, for me yesterday to not be out in the rain. Uh, again, pray for me <clears throat> as I preach today uh, and then this next week. And again, it's good to have you here. We have several visiting with us today. Uh, we're thankful that you're here. We have Nathaniel and his wife is with us as well. Uh, some of you may remember him. I saw him up there in the uh, foyer and went up and said hello. And he says, I'm surprised you uh, remembered me. And, uh, and so uh, we're glad that he uh, and his wife, is it Gail? Uh, and... Uh, Yes, are here today, and uh, thank you so much. All right, we're going to be back in Acts chapter number 1, uh, and as I mentioned, uh, there are some uh, churches uh, that in fact celebrate Ascension Day uh, for an extra service and things. We, uh, we've never done that. Uh, however, we are very familiar with uh, the Ascension from Scripture, uh, and we know that we have uh, our Lord Jesus Christ interceding uh, at the right hand of the Father on our behalf, uh, and I'm so thankful uh, for a risen Savior. But we back up a little bit in the first part of the book of Acts, and uh, we believe that this is uh, written by uh, the Apostle Luke, uh, and it's kind of a continuation from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, and uh, in some respects, and he says this in the first verse, the former treatise that which he is speaking of is the book of Luke. Have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do uh, and to teach? And if you remember from the Gospels, uh, of course, God uses, uh, he used men. Uh, we believe in uh, verbal plenary inspiration of scriptures. The word of God was breathed uh, through these men and they wrote as the Holy Spirit of God uh, directed them these words. And uh, one of the most fascinating parts about uh, scripture uh, is uh, how God used the personalities of every individual <clears throat> in the writing. You can see it, it's very evident. And so Luke uh, takes a different uh, approach than does Matthew or Mark uh, or John uh, in what he has written in the Gospels. And then uh, the book of Acts is not necessarily a transitional book, which a lot of Christians look at it that way, because we go from the Gospels to uh, the book of Romans, which is a very doctrinal book and all the epistles uh, that the Apostle Paul wrote. Uh, but lest we forget, the Bible says that we are epistles. Uh, and uh, to be uh, to be read, uh, seen and read of all men. Uh, one of the things I get tired of hearing uh, from Christians uh, is that God doesn't care uh, what we you know what we do, how we look, what we say, or whatever. All God's concerned about is what's in the heart. Uh, but that's not necessarily even uh, close to what the Bible says is true. Uh, but there are scriptures like I just uh, kind of prefaced a, a moment ago uh, that says that we are to be seen and read. Uh, we are to, we're to be ready to give an answer to every man, the reason of the hope that is in us with meekness and fear. And if there's nothing for anybody to see, why would anybody ask us? 
Uh, and so we're to live for Christ, be salt uh, and light, uh, and to live for him each and every day to be seen and heard uh, of men, uh, letters, epistles uh, to those around us. The Bible says there's some that uh, know not the knowledge of God, uh, and it's to our shame because we hide our gospel light uh, from them. And so he says, until the day, verse 2, that in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Uh, and uh, by the way, I'd mentioned Pentecost and the Holy Spirit uh, coming. We read about that in Acts chapter number 2. Uh, as Bible-believing Christians, we believe uh, that the church was established with Jesus Christ. It didn't begin uh, at Pentecost. It was empowered at Pentecost. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that when he left, a comforter would come, and that's the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, and we see many getting saved and baptized and added to the church, and which to me it's like you got to add to something, right? Something was there uh, in existence, uh, and uh, we believe that the church started with Jesus Christ uh, and the calling of the disciples, and they functioned as a church in many respects, had a treasurer, uh, Judas, who was a thief, uh, and uh, but uh, they were a functioning body and said, Peter... He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. The gates of hell uh, will not prevail against it. Uh, And by the way, it didn't start at Pentecost, and it didn't start with Peter in Rome. Uh, All right. Uh, By the way, Peter never went to Rome, uh, and uh, he wasn't the first pope. Uh, And uh, and so uh, history uh, uh, has that wrong. Uh, The Bible always has it right. And all of God's people said, Verse 3 said, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passions by many and follow proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining uh, to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, uh, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, uh, which saith he, um, ye have heard of me. Uh, and so they were to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And they didn't know. Uh, how long that was going to be. And uh, you don't need to look ahead, but you can see uh, later on past our text uh, the fact that the Holy Spirit did come. And it was 10 days that they waited. And tonight uh, in the message this evening, I'm going to be speaking about the infant church and, uh, and uh, several things that they, had, they were doing that we need to do uh, as a church today. Uh, and, uh, and they didn't have, think about the difference. Uh, we have precedent. Uh, We can look back in history and see what God had told them to do or how a church is supposed to function, uh, the ordinances of a church, what they are, uh, all the things that we see uh, challenge the Great Commission, which he's given to them. uh, And we read about that in Matthew 28 and uh, Mark 16, as well as what we read about in verse number 8 in chapter number 1. But um, to to sit around and to wait, uh, not knowing what exactly was going to happen when, in fact, um, their world had been turned upside down. Um, the, their Savior, their Messiah, who they thought was going to set up an earthly kingdom, uh, didn't do that. Uh, and uh, so much change uh, and some waiting that needed to be uh, happening uh, as he, they will be endued with the Holy Spirit. For John truly baptized with water, verse 5, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days thence. Then they asked this question about who's going to restore uh, or when we, is he going to restore uh, again Israel at that time and uh, his kingdom. Uh, and, uh, and there's probably a lot of reasons why he didn't answer them. Uh, one would be that um, it's not going to be for a couple thousand years. Um, I, I think had he told them, uh, you know, 2,000 years, give or take, uh, you know, uh, some uh, whatever, um, that would kind of be, have been a downer. 
Um, uh, one of whether it's in his, we don't know the mind of God. His ways are higher than our ways. Uh, but all of us need to have um, motivation, anticipation, uh, looking forward to something in our life to go through. Hope, of course, is one of those big things. If you don't have hope, um, your life is miserable. Uh, and uh, so um, uh, maybe, uh, I, just, I feel that this is probably what he did. Uh, he doesn't give us the time. He says he's going to come like a thief in the night. We don't know when he's going to come. Uh, but knowing that maybe he's going to come tomorrow, or maybe then the next day, maybe he's going to come tomorrow, helps us as Christians to live for him. Uh, and, uh, but he did give an answer in verse number seven. He said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father hath put in his power, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. So uh, his answer uh, to me, and I've, I've preached this a while back, implies not only that it wasn't the right time, he wasn't there to set up his earthly kingdom, uh, but that their question was irrelevant to the business that he had uh, in store for them. He says, you don't need to know when I'm coming back, um, and, uh, but uh, you're going to be witnesses uh, for me. Uh, so there are a lot of uh, ways in our life that God, as we pray, um, God doesn't give us um, answers. In fact, there's a lot of things in our life that if we knew the answer to, it would be distressing. Uh, we wouldn't understand. For example, uh, we like to ask God the why question. Why is this happening to me? Uh, and, uh, but if we knew why uh, in God's plan it was happening to us, uh, we probably couldn't handle it. Uh, and so I always encourage Christians to not focus on why, but on what. What do I do now? How do I, or how? How do I respond uh, to this circumstance in life, whatever it may be, uh, in going forward uh, and uh, to glorify God with the decisions I make uh, or the, the responses I have or make to whatever the circumstance is. Um, everything, uh, to some, in some respects, uh, is God testing us, uh, and uh, we find that testing happening uh, almost every single day. And so the church uh, is, um, uh, they're kind of, they've been being instructed uh, by Jesus himself for 40 days. And uh, we know that the Bible itself speaks to the fact that there are not a lot of, uh, the world couldn't contain the books of everything that was written about Christ and his ministry and what he did, uh, it, the, the, the world couldn't contain them. Uh, we have what God has revealed to us in his word, uh, and there are a lot of things that he hasn't revealed to us. And we often wish that he does or that we could know some of those mysteries or uh, whatever the case may be, but don't we just really struggle uh, with uh, just doing the things he's told us to do, uh, or the things that he's, uh, understanding the things that he's revealed in his word. Uh, we spend a lifetime uh, studying the Bible uh, and not really um, uh, see all that God has uh, already revealed uh, for us and to us uh, in his word. Uh, but uh, he basically uh, speaks to them uh, and tells them and gives them the great commission in verse number eight, uh, that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And by the way, I believe that that is a commission that God has given to uh, the local church. Uh, and, uh, and as Christians, um, or as a church, uh, we need to be fulfilling all of those. Uh, witnesses for God uh, here in Puyallup, uh, in the state of Washington, uh, in the United States of America, uh, and then abroad. Um, as you know, I'm going uh, tomorrow to Africa. We support around 100, uh, over 100 missionaries uh, at the church here. 
uh, monthly uh, uh, support, uh, but also prayer support, uh, and then participation. Uh, we do several uh, mission trips. We haven't since COVID has happened. The next one that we do plan will be a group trip, which will probably be uh, this next spring, uh, and we'll give you more information about where that may be. It might be, since we canceled Croatia, uh, we might just uh, go ahead and, and, and go there. I know several were planning to go. <coughs> And then maybe you didn't get a plan to go last time, uh, but now you'll get to uh, with this upcoming one. Um, But we take it personally, uh, the command to take the gospel into all the world. And uh, and in doing so, we fulfill this scripture. Uh, And so uh, being over in Africa, as I said, I'll be preaching, teaching 17 times in this next week. And here's how I look at that. Uh, One of the ways uh, is that, um, like I may never be back to that spot again. Uh, hopefully, I will. If the Lord doesn't return, uh, and uh, or if they want me back, uh, we'll see. Uh, but uh, I get to invest. You get to invest uh, in the lives of, of of multiple multiple people. I was thinking uh, as we were singing. Uh, uh, if you remember, it might have been like a year ago or a little over. We spent about three four thousand dollars, and we bought three four hundred uh, of these songbooks to send over to Ghana. Uh, so this week I'll get to sing out of them if I have a voice. Uh, and, um, uh, but uh, we invested in them. So they're singing, they're praising God, glorifying God in their congregational singing uh, in, through songbooks that Berean Baptist Church, three different churches, um, are doing that uh, every Sunday, Wednesday, special meetings because of the investment. So we get to influence them. Uh, I'll be teaching some national pastors and uh, and uh, some of the kids in the uh, kids, uh, people in the uh, their seminary, uh, and invest in their life, and so they will go out and plant churches uh, and win people to Christ, and they'll go out and plant churches and win people to Christ, and that is all fruit uh, to your account, and uh, and it's us uh, going into all the world and preaching the gospel uh, to every creature, and it says in verse nine, and when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up. Uh, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now, I don't believe it was like just like a rain cloud or, uh, or something that was there. I think it's a glory cloud uh, that he ascended uh, into heaven with. Uh, and we'll get into our main couple points here uh, with these next verses. Verse 10, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. So we believe this to be angels, messengers uh, from God. Uh, and they said, uh, says verse 11, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go uh, into heaven. So I want to focus on uh, his ascension. Um, and, I, and if you can imagine having been there, uh, to let alone see Christ and uh, the nail prints in his hands and, uh, and all the, and I wonder what, what he said. Uh, as I was alluding to that a moment ago about all the books uh, can't contain, the world couldn't contain the books, uh, but I hope that there's some type of transcript or uh, video or, uh, or something that we can see what Jesus uh, did uh, and hear what he said or uh, to his disciples during that time. Uh, and, uh, and so it had to have been just a miraculous thing and an experience that, uh, that um, I, I wish that uh, I could have had uh, and that you could have. And uh, we weren't privileged in that respect, uh, but maybe we'll get the privilege of, uh, of finding out what happened uh, during that time. 
but then these angels, uh, they appear uh, to the disciples. And the Bible doesn't clearly state you know, who was there present, uh, but we can just imagine um, all of them uh, that were there. And remember, um, there were you know, thousands. He fed 5,000. Uh, uh, so bread and fish, and, uh, and we, we think that there's more. It said 5,000 men. We think that could be 5,000. It could be men, women, children, and so some estimates uh, a lot higher. There are people that were following the Lord uh, for what he could do for them in many, many times, uh, and uh, the miracles he was performing. And in his ministry, thousands upon thousands of people following him and almost pushing him at times even out into the sea, uh, where he would preach to them off of, uh, of a boat uh, for, the, for the many people that were there. And then he preached about, you know, um, uh, eating his flesh and drinking his blood in John chapter number 6. And, uh, and people missed the illustration. And what it was, was he's talking about his death and his burial, uh, his resurrection. Uh, and it says that many left from following him. And he said to the disciples, are you going to leave as well? Uh, and they said, who, who else will we follow? You have the words of life. And so from thousands to just 12 in that upper room uh, to, uh, to just 120 and maybe 500 uh, as the Lord was, uh, was, was appearing to people and, uh, and uh, in teaching them. Uh, and uh, then so this fledgling church, uh, he's given this uh, command to go into all the world uh, and that he's going to empower them. Uh, and so he says... Uh, Ye men of Galilee. Now, when we read the Bible, um, every jot and every tittle in the Bible, every comma, semicolon, everything that's in the Bible, I believe, is inspired, it's important, uh, it's in the Word of God. Every word is there. That's why you should read uh, all of the genealogies and you shouldn't skip over, uh, you know, the book of Leviticus. Um, everything is in there is in there for a purpose. And so I was thinking about that earlier today, uh, you know, ye men of Galilee. And we know um, from uh, the Gospels who was saved. They were fishermen, tax collectors, uh, just different people that God uh, had called there uh, and separated uh, and said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. If you're saved today, you are a fisher of men. Uh, and uh, so they took up their crosses. They followed the Lord and some of them made excuses. And, uh, but long and short of it, there were these men. Uh, that we're following. And, uh, and so, so first off in that phrase, the thing that I want, uh, which helps me, which I hope uh, will help you, uh, is uh, in this statement uh, of these angels, I think one of the purposes of it uh, was to help to remind the disciples of the privilege they had to be disciples. He said, ye men of Galilee. Now you can go back and you can do a study on Galilee uh, but uh, Galilee was a place where, uh, where um, there was a lot of uprisings. Uh, there were um, uh, people, you know, stealing uh, taxes. It was kind of like a, uh, it was a, um, a kind of a wild west uh, in one respect. There was just a lot of um, simple plain. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, a very rich area. Uh, and so when these angels said to them, ye men of Galilee, and again, this, is, this would be renoology. This is not uh, authoritative. This is just my opinion uh, on uh, why uh, these angels use these words. Uh, I think it reminded them of where they came from. 
It reminded them of the privilege they have to see the Lord ascending into heaven, uh, to be having given the great commission and to serve him, uh, saying, you've just come from a simple place, uh, ye men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing? And it just reminded them of their origins and where they had come from. And I believe that that is something that's important for each and every one of us uh, as Christians to do, to just try to remember uh, and to remember regularly um, where you came from. And I'm not just talking about, you know, what part of the country or uh, what part of the world. We have people from different parts of the world here uh, today. Uh, but where you came from as a sinner uh, and how God saved you. And the Bible says uh, that he plucks us out of the miry clay and, uh, and uh, he breathes in us the, uh, the, the, the life. And uh, we've been quickened by the Spirit of God. Uh, and we've come along. If you're saved today, uh, you ought to be very grateful. Amen. Uh, and just to remember uh, that where you came from. And I do it often. Um, one of my favorite things to do, obviously, is probably the same thing for you, is you go back to uh, where you were born uh, and where you, know, where you lived or where you grew up, maybe to see the house that you lived in when you were a child. And, uh, and, uh, and when I do that, um, everything about Superior, I'm from Superior, Wisconsin. Uh, pray for them. They're getting hammered with more snow. They've got more snow this year. Uh, it's record like ever. Uh, and uh, I think it's, they're probably up like 160-some inches uh, for, uh, for snow this, uh, this year. It's kind of nice when we get that little dusting and everything shuts down. And they're having church. They have a big blizzard today. Uh, and, uh, and they're having church. Uh, and uh, you, got, you just got to, or you don't have it uh, if you live uh, in the frozen tundra. Uh, so uh, I get there, and um, I like to I drive around to where, uh, you know, my old stopping grounds were, or uh, just the smell uh, of, the, of the air uh, just brings back uh, memories. And in fact, just the other day, uh, we had uh, raspberries at the house, and I was putting them in my cereal. Every time I eat a raspberry... Uh, I go back to uh, my grandpa's house, uh, the old Heinz farm, uh, and they had a store out there, and my grandpa lived, and, uh, and uh, there was raspberry uh, bushes that were all along there. My Uncle Jim lives on that property now uh, and has a big, uh, um, all of his wood that he cuts and, and sells that's right there, but as kids, we would go there and eat all these raspberries, just pick them and eat them, uh, and so taste and smell, it all brings you back to those, those days uh, of, of yesteryear, uh, and it's just a reminder of where you come from. Uh, and, uh, and so he said, ye men of Galilee, and I think purposefully, my opinion, uh, was just kind of a nudge uh, to say, you know, you have privilege, you are privileged uh, to have come from where you came from, to be standing here right now and seeing Jesus ascend into heaven uh, and just reminded them of, the, of the, uh, the privilege it is to be a disciple. And if you're saved today, you have that same privilege. Uh, you get to go to church. You get to uh, read the, the Word of God. You get to uh, participate in soul winning. You get to uh, give to missions. You get to. Uh, it isn't something you have to do. It's a privilege not everybody has. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, uh, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and uh, not everybody that says that they're a Christian is a Christian. Uh, not every, everybody's not going to the same place different ways. It's only through Jesus Christ. Uh, and, uh, and we know, uh, when you think of uh, when the Bible says, here's the new Jerusalem coming down and gives the dimensions of it. So there's like, there's actual dimensions uh, of the new Jerusalem in heaven. Uh, and uh, not everybody can fit in it. And uh, so uh, the, I just believe with all my heart that there are a lot of people uh, that, uh, that think that they're Christians, that think they're saved and they're just not going to make it because they've never trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. 
Somebody who's trusted in their religion to get them to heaven. Somebody who's trusted in their good works to get to heaven. Uh, somebody who's living their life and serving uh, Hindu gods or Buddhist gods or, uh, or uh, Buddha and all these different things uh, will not, if they do not trust Jesus Christ as their Savior, will not be in heaven. So what a privilege it is uh, for us to serve a risen Savior. But not only does he remind them or give them a reminder of their privilege. He also helps them with these words in verse number 11 to refocus on their mission. Notice again what it says, which also said, ye men of Galilee. Then look at this next phrase. He says, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? So uh, these angels, uh, messengers from God, as they remind them of who they were and where they'd come from, uh, ask them a question like, what do you, you know, why are you standing here? Um, God had already told them. And even, by the way, if they said, you know what, angels, chill, uh, because he said we need to be in Jerusalem and wait. Um, so we're waiting. Uh, and uh, and even, even if they were smart enough or quick enough uh, to come back at the angels with, well, you know, um, we're waiting, um, it's, still, it's still, that wasn't the point. The point was, and it could be uh, for any, you know, you're seeing what you're seeing, uh, the Lord ascending into heaven. Um, that is something. Uh, and so, you know, they're in awe. Uh, they are um, confused. Uh, there's all, they're probably having all of the emotions uh, that are going through them right now. Uh, but the angels basically are saying, you need to stop staring at the heavens and stop gazing uh, and get busy. Uh, their words help them to refocus on their mission. Jesus had just said, uh, you shall be witnesses Unto me uh, in Jerusalem, Samaria, he reminds them that they need to be focused on the task at hand. Uh, here's, the, here's the deal. Um, you're not, we, we hope for glory. We are looking for the return of Christ. But the Bible says we're supposed to occupy until he comes. As Christians, we're not supposed to be just watching. We're supposed to be witnessing. That is our responsibility witnessing and sharing the gospel. That's why God has left us here. Uh, what other reason uh, would there be except for to tell other people about Jesus Christ? Uh, outside of the plan of God, uh, the purpose of God in your life as a Christian, uh, it's just all vanity. Uh, and uh, people just work and they, you know, and they save and they you know, uh, you know, pay their bills uh, and they die. Uh, and, uh, but being a Christian, not only we're privileged with heaven and the privilege to serve him, but we have the perspective of heaven uh, and, uh, and uh, our affections that we can set on God and things above. Uh, and uh, there's a part of us that, uh, that we're looking for his return, uh, but we're also supposed to be busy serving him. When's the last time uh, that you shared the gospel with somebody? Now, as a pastor, and, and again, I get this because I am a pastor, um, it's my job, if you will, to witness to people, and uh, and uh, and that's. But it's not my it's not it's not my responsibility um, alone uh, or other pastors. It's a Christian uh, responsibility. Amen. It's a commission that was given to everybody. Now I'm thinking about this week, and in uh, all that I'll be doing over there, and in uh, preaching and teaching and etc. And I'm praying that some people get saved. And uh, I was looking at there was a person that got saved in the church service today. Uh, or yesterday, there's uh, a little while. There's seven hours ahead of us, and so somebody got saved in the church service, and they were baptized uh, right after the service, and and that is a blessing. Uh, and I'll get to meet that individual um, uh, Wednesday uh, and shake their hand. 
uh, and, uh, and, uh, and try to be a blessing to them. Uh, but in one, and please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say, um, but in this week, I'll get to influence people for Christ, preach the gospel. Uh, perhaps people will get saved. I'll witness. I'll be passing out gospel tracts. Uh, and, uh, and more than likely, God will give increase and bless uh, because that's just how things happen uh, in developing countries, right? People want the gospel tracts. They, uh, they want to read what you're giving them, and I'll get that opportunity, and, I, and, and, I, and I'm sure God will bless uh, and allow for me to, uh, to participate at least uh, in someone um, calling upon the name of the Lord and being saved. But with 17 uh, sermons and so winning and different things in a, a short span of time, uh, I will, in that seven, eight days, uh, do more uh, in, uh, in, uh, in service for God than the average Christian would do in a lifetime. Now, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that that's just a, a matter of fact. We don't witness like we should. There are people in this room, if I was to have you raise your hand and you were to be honest and to say, uh, is there someone here who's been saved 10 years, 20, 30, 40, 50 years who've never uh, shared the gospel with another human being? Uh, and people would have to raise their hands and say, I've never shared the gospel. <coughs> now we can give tracts and we can invite people to church and do all these different things. But when have you taken uh, the word of God uh, and opened it up uh, to somebody who's lost and doesn't know Jesus and showed them from the Bible how they can be saved? He said, don't worry about when I'm coming back. But, but in that time, you're going to be witnesses uh, unto me. Uh, and, uh, and you're going to take the gospel uh, everywhere. Uh, and, uh, and you're going to serve me and live for me uh, and, uh, and win others uh, for the kingdom. Uh, and it was their responsibility and it is my responsibility. It is your responsibility uh, as well. And so today I'm challenging you uh, to share the gospel uh, with another person. Uh, but then he continues. He says this in verse 11. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Now, um, we don't have to talk about the rapture. The rapture is a word. It's not in the Bible, but it's the, call, the, the catching away. Uh, it's a word that we've uh, coined in Christianity to describe that event. And what it's saying is that Jesus, the same Jesus, and by the way, it's the same Jesus uh, that saved you. Uh, it's the same Jesus that we uh, celebrated his resurrection this last week. It's the same Jesus uh, who's interceding uh, at the right hand of the Father for you. It's the same Jesus that the Bible says will never leave you uh, nor forsake you. Uh, it's the same Jesus that you can walk with and, and, and talk with and commune with uh, on a daily basis. You can go, same Jesus that meets you uh, in your prayer closet. The same Jesus that meets us here as we assemble together. That same Jesus is going to come again, it says, in the same manner. So as he's caught up in a cloud, he's going to come in a cloud. Uh, so when somebody says, well, how do you know Jesus is going to come in a cloud? Because the Bible says he's going to come in the same manner that he left. And uh, I, just, I just believe that. So, uh, so uh, and, and, and by the way, this, uh, in the rapture, he doesn't touch down, right? That's not the second coming. It's the catching away. Uh, when he comes uh, for his second coming, it's on a white horse uh, and it's on. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and that is uh, something that's entirely different. And by the way, I mentioned it last week. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, th the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ uh, is uh, going to be awesome. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and as much as we, or I, I'll just speak for myself, how I despise politics 
and politicians and all the nonsense and all the, just the craziness of this world. Uh, there's going to be a time uh, where uh, it's just the whole world is a godly red state. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to put it, uh, but it's just, it's uh, uh, as, as biblically conservative, uh, conservative as you can think, uh, and King Jesus will be on the throne, and it's going to be great. And by the way, if you're saved, uh, you'll have a, a place uh, that you're working. Uh, you're an ambassador, uh, and, uh, and so uh, I don't know how it all works. Uh, maybe the, the more you serve him and love him and whatever, maybe you get a good spot. I don't know. Uh, and uh, some of us might get, you know, Siberia, uh, and uh, you're the ambassador of si- Siberia. Uh, I don't know how it works, but uh, I'm hoping that, uh, that it's uh, somewhere uh, where I can serve him, uh, and the Bible, uh, the Bible speaks of our participation in that. But not only does this, these angels in this one verse remind them of their privilege and, uh, and helps them to refocus uh, on their mission, but I think also gives them some reassurance uh, of the promise that Jesus had given them to return. Um, it had to have been, in many ways, uh, a heartbreaking event, uh, the crucifixion. Uh, and, um, and, and they missed it. I mean, he, he told them time and time again, uh, about you know three days and three nights and uh, and gave them all kinds of different um, messages and signs to that and just in one ear and out the other and for reasons some of it uh, if they knew that he was going to be crucified uh, well we think about at the Garden of Gethsemane and and uh, cutting off ears and all the different stuff that was they tried to defend him but he he had to go to the cross uh, and uh, he had he had to be crucified and his blood had to be shed. Uh, but he's just reassuring them uh, that he's going to return. Uh, the Bible says later on, or not later on in Acts, but he said in John, uh, let not your heart be troubled. I believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if I go, uh, he's, he's prepared a place for us. And he's going to come again. Uh, and these angels said, hey, don't worry. Why stand you here gazing? Get to work. Uh, G- that this same Jesus is going to come back the same way. Uh, and, uh, and it's almost like he had to kind of like, hey, fellas, snap out of it. Uh, and get to work. Uh, and, uh, and I guarantee, um, if we'd, to, I'm going to make this application this way. Last week, all of Christianity, loosely air quotes, Christianity, celebrated uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, and the vast majority uh, of people that celebrated his resurrection um, have already moved on. Um, moved on with their life. Uh, just back to the same you know, business and going to work and making money and doing things. And, uh, and, uh, but if you're saved and you're a Christian, you believe this book, um, it's the resurrection of Christ is a, it's just a, um, it's something that you can't ever get over with and you just got to share with other people. And, uh, and so I want us to, to just, I want, I want it to remind you of, of where you came from and what Jesus did in saving you. And I, and I want to help you to refocus on the mission that God gave you, not just me, uh, and uh, to reach people with the gospel, and then to reassure you uh, that He is coming again. I hope it's I hope it's today. Uh, you know, you say, well, you got plans tomorrow. Um, it ain't gonna matter if He comes back uh, and uh, and um, the the rapture happens. Uh, what a wonderful thing! Uh, and uh, but um, the truth of the matter is, is that the Bible states. That, the, that he's not going to come back until his work on this earth is done. And, uh, and really, honestly, if you think about this way, if you want to hasten the Lord's return, 
than get busy telling people about Jesus. Because when that work is done, that's when he's going to come back. And she said, Lord, come quickly. Man, this world's falling apart. Uh, I just don't what I'm going to do. Just come back. Could you come back today? Uh, but if you're not witnessing to people, you're not, you're not doing what you can uh, to hasten the Lord's return. So is there somebody that you know uh, that you need to share the gospel with? I hope that you take this challenge. Uh, not just uh, praise the Lord. Up from the grave he arose. And, uh, and as we stand here gazing, as the Bible says, that he went into heaven uh, where these angels. Uh, I'm the messenger today saying, hey, stop gazing uh, and start working uh, and sharing the gospel with people. Who is it that you know uh, that you can share the gospel with? Uh, would you pray for them today? And would you ask God to give you the opportunity uh, to share the gospel with them? Let's all stand uh, with our heads bowed this morning. And, uh,